Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Environmentalism is a core value of the Park District, and it's been a key area of focus in the district's operations for many years. Through strategic incorporation of green best practices and promotion of their benefits, in addition to thoughtful management of green spaces, the district has achieved notoriety for its work in this regard. Additionally, our organization not only offers sports and activities, but also plenty of opportunities to enjoy passive recreation across our 136 parks, making open space essential to the health and enjoyment of our community. This is Episode 6 of the State of the Park District podcast titled Fostering a Greener Park District, which will be a discussion focusing on our environmental progress in addition to enhancements across our park system. For this discussion, I am joined by Tim Quigley, Director of Parks, and Sue Omanson, Community Development Manager. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Sue, I know that the Naperville Park District historically has taken on various environmental initiatives over time. But in my mind, that timeline really begins in 2009 with the initiation of the district's employee-led green team. Can you give us an overview of some of the green team's key accomplishments over the years? Sure. Well, looking back at the green team, I think the two really important things that we've done are to note the different projects that each department is working on. Mm -hmm. We might not know, for example, what's going on with fleet if we're in the marketing department. Right. And a uh, second one is to track and measure our progress each year um, to help the district improve and see our accomplishments over time. Mm -hmm. And all along, we've uh, concentrated on five main goals, to purchase environmentally friendly products, protect our air, water, soil, and wildlife, conserve energy, recycle and reduce waste, and educate the community about the environment. And so uh, some of the ways I, I looked over um, all of our green team reports since 2009 and was really proud of what we've done over the years. Right. And there are way too many things to, sure, <laughs> to list all of them, but I could just list a couple of them in each area. Mm -hmm. In regards to uh, purchasing environmentally friendly products, we focus on paper. And we first in 2010 decided to go to from 0% recycled content paper to 30%. And that has saved about 30 trees each year, or almost 400 trees in total. And one of our biggest savings in paper was to go to a digital program guide, right. as you know. That was the biggest and the best, <laughs> yes. for sure. Yep. And that has resulted in saving 13.2 million sheets of paper annually. And that's equivalent to 460 trees annually. In protecting our air, water, soil, and wildlife, we've done some things over time which have really added up. For example, permeable pavers. Mm -hmm. They help filter the water and, and lead to a cleaner river, um, better wa water quality. And we've added 118,000 square feet of permeable pavement in those years. That's a lot. And we actually have those in several different locations. We do. Yeah, yeah in several parks mm -hmm. and some at Fort Hill Activity Center, and we've also created interpretive signs at many of those parks to let the public know right. how special those are. And then in 2014, our staff started maintaining hives of honeybees at the garden plots, and that gives the, the honeybees um, some great environment uh, to, to live in, and it just helps raise awareness of the plight of honeybees, which have been declining. 
Well, and we know how important honeybees are to life here. Yeah, the food we eat and all of that. Yeah, so many Mm -hmm. um, different kinds of food. And then in 2017, we added five monarch waste stations. And since then, we've continued to encourage milkweed to grow in places and adding pollinator plants throughout the district and even at the golf courses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have solar panels in three locations, and it produces 80,000 kilowatts of renewable energy every year. And then approximately 60% of our fleet of vehicles and equipment run on alternative fuel. So that includes things like biodiesel and um, propane. So we continue to improve in that area too. And our our most famous vehicle is Reggie the Veggie. Right, yeah. <laughs> Been at our Wonderful World of Wheels event yes, annually yes. and some other places too. Yeah. But yes, sort of a local famous, let's call it. Yes. <laughs> and that's, of course, a tractor that runs on vegetable oil. Mm-hmm. And we it's even run on some vegetable oil from Centennial Beach Grill. Right, yeah. Um, we always encourage re- recycling in our parks, and we place blue recycling cans right next to the trash cans to make it as convenient as possible. And other recycling of efforts include holiday lights and tennis balls. Our park staff mulches leftover Christmas trees, and we invite the public to come and smash their pumpkins at the garden plots every year. That's a super fun event, too. It yeah. really is. And... And just looking at the numbers, we started out in 2018 with 5,000 pounds of pumpkin smashed. And this Mm -hmm. year, this past year, we smashed 22,000 pounds. That's incredible. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, the environmental education efforts are really um, strongest at Knock Knowles Nature Center. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was built in 2014. It's a lead platinum building. It demonstrates many of our green initiatives, for example, solar panels, a green roof. And usually, uh, in most years, more than 20,000 people visit the center. It also hosts our Toadstools and Pollywogs Nature Preschool. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just one of, of many locations where you can learn about the environment at the Naperville Park District. That's an amazing list of accomplishments. When you think about, I mean, a relatively short amount of time that we've really had our, our focused our efforts in on environmentalism. That's that's a lot. I mean, we should really be proud as a district. I think so. Yeah, definitely. So, Tim, environmental stewardship is one of the district's core values, as you know, and it's easy to put something down on paper, but it's really, it means something more than just words on paper. What are some of the ways in which our organization puts this idea into action? I thought this was a great question. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with one of our park staff members recently uh, about this topic. And what makes it so interesting is I think environmental stewardship just means so many different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you ask, you get a a variety of answers. And and most of the time, I mean, they're all right. So there's so many different ways that you can impact the environment and, and do things small or large to make a big difference. Very true. Um, So recently we incorporated our Sustainable Parks Initiative, where we pledged to maintain eight of our parks, which are strategically placed throughout town, and all of our uh, playgrounds uh, with only natural and or organic products to provide alternative options for the community. Our park meadow project involves converting turf areas that are frequently wet and are hard or or difficult to maintain Mm -hmm. um, into 
meadows that are more appropriate for site conditions. Throughout or through our shoreline stabilization initiative and the pond, river, and shoreline improvements, we're actively striving to improve water quality in ponds, rivers, and streams and reduce the need for aquatic herbicides. Uh, in our fleet division, we're constantly seeking to go more green. Just a few days ago, we received the district's first hybrid pickup truck, which will evaluate and determine if it's a good match to further uh, invest in. Mm -hmm. We were able to replace another gasoline-fueled zero-turn mower with an electric unit. And on a much smaller scale, we've replaced gas string trimmers and snow blowers with battery-powered devices. More on the experimental side, we've installed a man-made floating wetland in one of our ponds <laughs> designed to filter out nutrients that cause pond weeds while also providing a diverse habitat for pollinators. If successful, the use of chemicals to treat our ponds can be reduced or eliminated. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. We're constantly seeking out new and innovative ideas, mm -hmm. big or small, to incorporate into our maintenance practices. Wow, that's a lot even just for the Parks Department. That's incredible. We've got um, a very interested group of people who are mm -hmm. always looking to further the cause. Um, we, we really appreciate and, and, and encourage staff to come up with new ideas. Um, fortunately, we've always had the backing of the district to look into these new ideas right. and, and innovate. So right. it's, it's a really great experience. Well, kudos to you for continuing to move that forward. That's excellent. Sue, as you know, we've been recognized in recent years for our environmental focus and accomplishments with some fairly prestigious awards. Can you talk about some of these key accolades and why they're important not only to the Park District but the community as well? Sure. Um, much like our own reports, um, when we seek awards, it helps us to track our accomplishments and also to improve what we're doing. Um, and going back to the beginning, the very first award we, we received in 2010 was the DuPage County Earth Flag. And that oh, helped us. Right. Um, it it involved a waste audit, which was very revealing about what we were and were not recycling. Mm -hmm. And we were the first park district to receive that earth flag and also to earn the Illinois Sustainability Award in 2012 and then again in 2017. And then in the past two years, we received two honors from the DuPage Monarch Project. And that was the Pat Miller Community Engagement Award and then the Jane Fulser Habitat Award. The Pat Miller Award um, recognized our extensive community outreach to inform residents about our, our um, projects and invite their feedback and participation as volunteers. And that was especially meaningful because it was during 2020, during COVID, right. when it was very hard to engage with the public. Mm -hmm. And yet we, we did still have a lot of engagement. And then the Jane Fulser Award highlighted that we added over seven acres of pollinator-friendly plants in 2021. And that was um, through our park meadow projects and our shoreline restorations. And also, they really liked our long-term plans for restoring pond shorelines. Mm -hmm. And that's like a 20-year plan. And slowly but surely, we are adding those native plants to our park landscapes and that helps the pollinators. So they we're, we're grateful too for the DuPage Monarch Project for all the work they do. And then the Best Green Practices Award was uh, statewide recognition that we're really on the right track and that's important to our community because um, they realize that our green initiatives are not only good for us but also for the whole region. Mm -hmm. And I think that hope it, 
I think that um, encourages people to get involved as volunteers or even to begin their own eco-friendly practices in their own homes. Definitely. And not that awards are the be-all and end-all. They're certainly nice to receive. But I do feel like us receiving those awards over time, it tells a really nice story. Mm -hmm. And it shows the progress of the Park District's commitment to environmental initiatives. And I think that's important. Yeah. Sue, I've got another question for you. So we couldn't accomplish everything we do as a district from an environmental perspective without partnerships. Can you highlight some of those relationships and explain how they assist us? Sure. Well, the the very uh, first thing that came to mind was all of our community volunteers. Right. They're very much our partners. Mm -hmm. And every year since 2009, when we've been tracking this, we've had between 500 and 1,000 individuals assist us with park maintenance, including litter pickup, removing weeds, planting trees, mulching, and much more. And Tim, I know your staff appreciates that. And they've also been very helpful in coordinating those projects. Um, and then we've had several groups like the Naperville Evening Kiwanis who have mm -hmm. adopted a park. Right. And scouts have done their eagle project or gold projects with the park district, adding things like interpretive signs, compost bins, birdhouses, and other things. Mm -hmm. um, there's always more work to be done in taking care of our natural areas, and volunteers are really an important part of our success. And then, in planning our annual Earth Week Naperville, more than 10 local governments and organizations work together with the Park District to mm -hmm. coordinate events. Um, they include the Conservation Foundation, the City of Naperville, the Forest Preserve Districts of DuPage and Will Counties, School Districts 203 and 204, North Central College, and many businesses who sponsor the Earth Day Fair. And even beyond Naperville and the greater Chicago area, we rely on many resources for grants, awards, education, and inspiration. Some examples include, as I mentioned before, the DuPage Monarch Project, um, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, the Morton Arboretum, of course, mm -hmm. um, Chicago Wilderness, and the Illinois Clean Energy Community Foundation. Wow. <laughs> That's a, a lot of uh, involvement externally, and I think that really illustrates this is not something that we can do on our own just as one organization. We really rely on, like you mentioned, the, the volunteers in the community and, and many other partner organizations that help us make it happen. That's great. So, Tim, it's pretty incredible that an organization like the Naperville Park District that's been around for more than 50 years keeps growing. What are some recent aspects that demonstrate this growth, and, and why do you feel our continued expansion is important? So that's a great point, Sam. Um, with the addition of Wolf's Crossing Community Park last year, one might have thought we were almost built out. Um, <laughs> however, we'll be adding two new parks this year, Heritage Common, or Naper Commons and Heritage Place, as well as the Frank Rust Preserve at Knocknoles Park. Right. Napier Commons and Heritage Place arrive as neighborhood parks within new residential developments. The Frank Rust Preserve was a surprise gift to the district of nearly 40 undeveloped acres adjacent to Knocknoles Park, and it will provide an awesome opportunity to walk the trails, enjoy nature, and just forget you're in the middle of suburbia. Yeah, what an amazing gift. Oh my gosh. We were quite lucky and quite a surprise. Absolutely. Um, so providing open space and recreational opportunities is what we do as an organization, and these additions allow us to expand our offerings and reach out to new areas of our ever-growing community. 
Then you take a look at the continued expansion within our existing parks. Mm-hmm. I think we do a great job of listening to feedback from the community, staying on top of new trends, and adapting to how our parks are being used. Use of the disc golf course at Knock Knolls exploded over the past few years and are able to respond by enhancing the current layout. We added new goals, tee boxes, and holes. We picked up on the demand for pickleball and have recently added several new courts throughout the district. Our first splash pads recently opened. Right. And at Wolf's Crossing, um, I had never seen one before, but we added our first obstacle course. Yeah, that's super cool. And oh my gosh, that gets so much use. And it's you know, I was, what I was going to add is, is yeah. in the end, you know, our aim is to add amenities that people want to use. And then based on the volume of people we see out there, I think we've definitely hit some home runs. Mm-hmm. And with the that fitness or with the obstacle course, the challenge course, rather, um, that was a nice amenity. We talked about this in another episode. You think about playgrounds, they're for kids, and that's kind of a finite age group. But then you talk about, well, what's for teens and adults? Well, something like the challenge course. And we continue to add other things with the uh, fitness court that's coming to uh, Frontier later this year. Right. It's, it's exciting to see how our staff does just such an amazing job right. staying on top of all the different options that are out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be easy just to keep doing the same over and over and sure. over. That wouldn't you, be any fun, though. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned listening to the community is an important part of what we do, and it certainly is. And in a couple of the other episodes, we talk about how this is going to be the year that we do the community survey, and it's an important part of kind of resetting our focus for the district moving forward. However, kind of on the other side of things, educating the community and extending our communications in different ways also is important. And we've we've done this more recently in more instructional ways, um, and it's particularly in nature, and that's kind of become a, a focus for the district. And I think that's been a, a good improvement. Um, it helps everyone, park district staff and residents alike, us being able to communicate whatever we've got going on and then for the residents to kind of understand where we're coming from. So can you talk about some of the campaigns that we've worked on to help residents understand what we do, why we do, and you know why we do the things that we do, and how effective do you think these campaigns have been so far? Well, sure. And I think just like anybody else, I like to know why. Absolutely. Um, We can put out a bazillion signs everywhere, and sometimes I feel like we do already. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there's not enough space on those signs to to often get into uh, the reasons behind some of our messaging. So working with your marketing team uh, has been a great way to get some of the backstory out there for people to understand many of these initiatives. Mm -hmm. For example, our snow clearing plan is a topic we frequently get questions about. We drastically cut down on a number of staff we employ during the winter, uh, which help keeps our labor costs down, and we just don't have the manpower to clear each and every one of the district sidewalks, or um, I I think you had put it on our our, our sidewalk clearing plan that the district maintains uh, over 17 miles of of hardscape. Um, So it's it's, it's a a struggle for us, definitely. Sure, sure. Um, We do have a plan detailing the areas we do clear, and I think your team did a great job listing that out for us. The challenge is getting that message out there to the public so that they know what to expect from us ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Some of the communications we collaborate on are more informational and or educational by nature. Um, And since we're sitting with Sue, it'd be a good time (laughs) to mention our Leave Our Leaves blog post, which talks about the benefits insects and other wildlife receive from not removing leaves from properties whenever practical. Important topics like the, like this can help clue the reader into why shrub beds around the Knock Nature Center may not have been may not have had leaf debris removed, 
while also giving our residents at home something to consider implementing on their own. Mm -hmm. um, there are other communications that are safety-related, and sure, we want to protect the district, uh, but our main concern is keeping each, each one of our visitors safe. Campaigns such as Share the Trail, dealing with dog or dog owner behavior in the parks, or pond safety are born out of situations we unfortunately have to deal with quite frequently. Um, we love to see dogs in the parks. However, we do at times have to remind our owners to pick up after their dogs. Mm -hmm. And having your dog leashed is not only a park district ordinance, but a city one as well. Not everyone might agree with the rules, but the additional communication at least gives us an opportunity to explain the hows and whys they were implemented. And as far as the effectiveness of the campaigns, I have to believe they are making a difference. We're not going to reach everybody, but we are doing our best to use the various forms of outreach. Outside of the blogs, podcasts, and newsletters your team makes available, we've utilized techniques such as saturating problem areas with signage. We've made pamphlets and handouts uh, available out in the parks. And I know even park police has visited the trail system to interact with users and to get the, their message out. And with social media, there's certainly a lot of different avenues to reach the community. Definitely. And I think we can all agree that repetition is the key. So these different um, educational opportunities, we'll continue to evaluate them. And on a seasonal basis, we'll continue to push that out there. And certainly, we, we've hardly, I guess I should say, we've only scratched the surface. There's so many different things that we can be communicating as a district. So I kind of look forward to exploring some other things that what are some other great ways to educate our residents so they're informed and you know that an informed resident is a, a happier resident. And I think there's definitely that opportunity mm -hmm. It's a two-way street. The, the more questions we get about a certain topic, right. that certainly you know, allows us the opportunity to reach back out to a larger group, and, and we know that's what the, the feedback that the community is looking for from sure. us. Definitely. So last question, and kind of a, it's a similar question, but a little bit take for, different take for each of you. So, Sue, what can the community expect to see in the coming year with regard to environmental stewardship at the Park District? And then I'm going to go to Tim. Tim, so you can kind of think about this. What are some of the things that residents can look forward to in our parks in the coming year? Well, for 2022, plans are underway for the annual Earth Week Naperville, and it will be the week of April 17th to 24th with an Earth Day Fair planned for Sunday, April 24th at Fort Hill Activity Center. Look for details later this spring on our webpage at naprovilleparks.org slash earthweeknaperville. Plus, we'll, we'll send press releases and social media and other. All the usual stuff. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> and then native plant areas that have been planted in the past several years will start to look even better, um, blooming with more flowers. So look for pretty displays at parks like Century Farms, Lincoln Greenway, Willowgate Square, and... Brook Crossings. And if you want to know where these parks are, you can look on our website at the map, or there's a list of all of the parks with their addresses. And then um, look for ideas to get out and explore nature along a trail. I keep thinking about spring. The day that we're recording this is very cold, like minus eight degrees. I'm thinking about spring too. <laughs> Can't get her soon enough. And so... Um, Look forward to those early spring wildflowers that will be blooming in April. And you can check our, our website um, at Knocknose Nature Center or 
look for a brochure at the center that will help guide mm-hmm. you as you discover flowers that are along the way. Right. That brochure has been a nice addition because a lot yeah. of people are, well, what's this flower? Exactly. What's that? So it's, yeah, it's a nice little informational piece. Yeah. And then uh, some of our projects that are planned are uh, a shoreline restoration and pond dredging at Bailey Hobson Woods and a park meadow project at Brighton Ridge Park. And again, you can check our website for details. And we'll release the 2021 sustainability report on our green initiatives page sometime later this spring. You've kind of taken it full circle, the whole conversation. (laughs) We started with the green team, and then the sustainability report ends that whole cycle. (laughs) Thank you, Sue. Sure. Tim. Well, touching on the subject of continued growth again, Uh I know that we're excited to see our first outdoor fitness court installed at Frontier Park later this spring. Also at Frontier Park, we will see the installation of another set of pickleball pickleball courts, uh, partially due to the another wonderful donation. Right. uh, To help us uh, bump up the timeline on that project. Amazing. Yep. And while the additions tend to garner all the attention, we do need to make sure that we are still taking care of what we already have. Mm -hmm. That means the continuation and expansion of things like our Park Meadow Initiative, further action on our shoreline stabilization and shoreline buffer projects and keeping up with our natural area work plan, all of which will take multiple years to complete their cycle. Um, We're looking forward to an exciting 2022 and for spring to arrive. And at this point, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but we're ready for the the mowing season to get here with this weather. Oh, wow. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love hearing that continuous improvement. It remains an important aspect of what we do across our organization our whole organization. And, and my staff gives me a hard time because continuous improvement is kind of one of my favorite phrases. So I like it that that's important to the district as well. I look forward to seeing what's ahead with regard to our environmental initiatives. And I'd like to thank Tim and Sue for spending some time in the podcast studio and for being part of the 2022 State of the Park District podcast. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.